right, we'll start off with, uh, tell us a little bit about your about yourself. What's your name? Who are you? My name is Bernetta Hill Corley, and I am the daughter of Johnny and Mary Hill. My father has preceded uh, me in death um, six years ago, and uh, I'm educated. I have uh, three degrees. I graduated from Spelman College in 1980. In 1982, I graduated from Roosevelt University. Where did you get your major in college? Major in college was in psychology pre-law. I got my first master's in public administration from Roosevelt in Chicago, uh, Illinois. And then I'll say maybe 25 years later, my uncle Pete used to always tell me that I'd be going back to school. And I would say, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But the times have changed. And I went back to school 25 years later. Uh, and I received my master's in educational leadership. Can you tell us a little bit about your family's history and, you know, when you first got involved with uh, your, your family, your parents' businesses? Uh, my parents have been in businesses for over 30 years. It's been longer than that, hasn't it? It's but I say maybe 30 years is just 35. the course of my life. They've been yeah. in business since you was a kid. I guess you could say, yeah. So I, maybe I say 40 plus. I would say more like 60. Okay, 60. We'll say 60. Uh, at the age of 12, I uh, began handling all the finances uh, for my parents' businesses. Like what, what, what duties did that entail? That duties entail keeping the records, um, keeping the daily sales, revenue, losses, banking, um, writing checks, paying the bills, accounts payable. So who tra who trained you in that, those sorts of skills? I would say that um, as when I graduated from high school, I started work at the age of 16. And over the summer, we had summer jobs. And I worked at the Metropolitan Sanitary District. And my jobs always entail some form of accounting now, 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 wait a minute. You said you started keeping the books for your parents when you were 12. Yes. So what I'm saying is who taught you how to keep the books for their businesses at such a young age. I would say that uh, it was just trial and error. Okay. Trial and error. So why, uh, why did your parents trust you out of, you know, your older brother and your younger sister? I think they felt that I had a more of a, a tighter head, tighter, better focus. You were uh, more willing to help out. I was more, yeah, more willing to help and assist them in their endeavors as they invested in, um, you know, family business. I remember you were also telling me, I remember there was a story you were telling me about how when you were younger, you would help, you'd always hand your father the tools or you'd help him in the yard when they were at their different properties. Yeah, growing, know, growing up, up, growing up, uh, when my mother, uh, decided to go to work after all of us, uh, were in school, you know, it took two, two incomes to maintain a household. Uh, so we would go with my dad cause he worked at the steel mill at night and during the day we maintained properties that my father and my uncle owned. So uh, we would be with him during the day. So I guess you say I learned from those skills. I would, my father was a, a person that was a jack of all trades. He didn't master anything. He, 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 he did it all and he did it well. So I, I guess you could say I learned from him. Okay, what did you do as far as a professional career prior to you know, getting involved with uh, this venture here at Skyway Bowl? Uh, prior to my uh, professional career and getting involved here at uh, Skyway Bowl, uh, like I said before, when I went for back for my third degree, I lost my job at a Fortune 500 company uh, known as IBM. I worked there for 19 years and um, I uh, had to go back after I left and took the buyout packet. Uh, I had to have a job. My son was graduating from high school 
And um, so I went back and I started all over again. I went into the educational field and that's where I obtained my master's. So I worked in the educational field for about seven years. And then after that, I embarked into a political career um, that went south in April of 2009. I was the uh, chief of staff in the village of Sauk Village uh, for all bit of a year and a half. Went through a lot of, lot of turmoil there. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what happened there and like why did your career, why did your short-lived career go south so quickly? I think the short-lived career went south because uh, the mayor at the time he 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 didn't have no backbone, and then maybe me too. I I, I sh maybe I should have took a little bit lighter steps in how I proceeded and did business there. But at the time, I had to make sure that I protected myself, because individuals that I dealt with politically, uh, they sure didn't have my back. And I found out that in the eleventh hour. By that time, it was too late for me to back out. So I just trudged forward and did the best that I could do. My father was a, a, a an icon in, in in politics in the city of Chicago. So, um, you know, you do, I got in, I did my best and you try to do the right thing. Right? What else is trying to do wrong? Every, and it right. caught up with you too soon. It caught up with me sooner than later. Cause I wasn't the person, I wasn't going to jail for nobody. I was for doing right, doing right by the community and the residents that lived there. It was all about right. And sometimes being right is not the venture in politics. So. I'm and so that led me here in April of 2009, and it was it was it was an, it was an emotional state for me at that time because my mom was getting ready to have a triple bypass at the age of 79, and um, I, I got it was a feeling from God that said, "You have no more worries. This is where you're going to be." And no one can can I, it's difficult for me to explain that to some people, but it was it was the strongest. It was like I saw that light. That went off and God said, this is where you're going to be for the rest of the outcome. So Skyway Bowl is a, it's a bowling alley, correct? Skyway Bowl is a bowling alley and it's been around since the 50s. And I would say that uh, since the 50s and my parents bought it in 2009, I hadn't been here to Skyway Bowl since 19, the, the 70s. Because I bowled here in high school. I was on the high school bowling team. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about how your parents got into the bowling business? My parents, uh, like I said, they have had many ventures, and my one why don't you start from the beginning? Let's tell us about you know their first venture and how they got started off as entrepreneurs at a, at a young a young adult age. At, at, at a young adult age, I would say my parents were probably in their could have been in their forties or fifties, um, and uh, my father. Uh, we started out with a laundromat on 67th and Langley. My parents owned that whole corner. That that corner consisted of a laundromat, a cleaners, and a food and liquor store, package goods store. And it was just it was it was a legacy that my father began to set for his family. He felt that one day with the times that we're existing in now, hard times was coming back. It was like a revelation. And what he wanted to leave uh, in his eternal life. Uh, to his family was something that we would have a backbone so that we could fall back on in cases just example like uh, when I left IBM where was I gonna go what was I gonna do so them investing in uh, being an entrepreneurs and family businesses was uh, my fallback I made my my stump out there in the city on the ground but um, so them having these businesses 
was something that I could fall back on. My father always told us he didn't he didn't want his children to have to beg nobody for a job. So he made uh, uh, um, a financial or an investment in 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 these businesses, um, so they would help take care of the family. In, in addition to that, my mother was a bowler also. You have to understand too that in that question that you asked, my father never threw a bowling ball in his life. The fact is, is that he was a businessman. So he bought and invested in the bowling alleys because of his wife, my mom. Right. So he he bought he basically bought bowling alley because. Uh, your mother, she loved the bowl, and he bought a bowling alley because he thought that's something she would like, basically. Correct. Okay, so that was something she enjoyed. She enjoyed bowling. So how how long have the Hills been in the bowling business? I would say we've been in the bowling business since the two thousands, maybe nineteen late nineteen nineties. Okay, that 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 makes about that that makes about right. That makes about right because I think that around that time it was around. Uh, yeah, around the 2000s, if I remember correctly. Okay, 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 okay. So can you tell us about, you know, uh, your first bowling alley, Hosted Bowl, and how you guys, you know, uh, ran that, how you purchased that, and, you know, how you eventually came and moved on over to the, the bigger facility, Skyway Bowl? Uh, well, like I said, uh, Hosted Bowl was their first venture. It was an 18-lane uh, facility. And one thing I can say about my parents is they knew how to groom and grow a business. Um they were they were they were the type of people that um, they were too nice, you know. They always they gave more of themselves than uh, what the business needed. But in doing that, that 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 helped create, um, you know. A, a, my parents had a reputation that people, if you mentioned Johnny Hill, Mary Hill, or the Hills family, they said that's the place you want to go because they knew how to treat people, and 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 and. They kept a clean business. They treated their customers, they treated their customers like, family. like family. Right. We were, we were if the community needs something, they could rely on Mary and right. Johnny Hill. Basically. Exactly. Okay, so okay. If, if my father, you know, those were things that he liked to do. He loved to do for people and, and, and his employees. They were just like uh, a son or a daughter to them. And if people got in a tight, they knew that they could go to Mr. and Mrs. Hill, as they were called, and they would assist them in uh, getting out of that tight. Um, the so tight situation. To, yeah. So uh, as we grew a uh, hosted bowl, it got to the point where we just kind of the walls were kind of busting, and we needed to uh, expand our venture or our investment, and that's why we decided to buy uh, Skyway Bowl. At the time, uh, Skyway Bowl uh, was being uh, seeked out by some developers, and the bowlers came to my father. And they're like, Mr. Hill, we, we just, that's, that's all we have. Uh, we, we need, you know, we need you to really go over and, and talk out, talk to Mr. Jacoby Dickens, who was the president and CEO of Seaway National Bank, and see what you can work out with him, because we, we need you to, you know, buy that facility. So now, 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 the former owner, Jacoby Dickinson, he was uh, African-American as well, correct? Yes, uh, he mm -hmm. was uh, African-American as well. And as you all, as one of the things that I do want to mention here is, uh, Owning bowling alleys in a sport that's pretty dominant by Caucasians. Um, my dad and my mom were the first uh, black and only Americans and only uh, individuals that owned a bowling alleys in the country. That's USBC certified. That's USBC certified. And people have to understand that statement because uh, people that own bowling alleys, uh, uh, you have to be in the proprietorship to be an official center. 
uh, and because there's certain rules and regulations that uh, we abide by under the United States Bowling Congress. And if you were to, uh, if you wanted to find out a little bit more about that uh, statement, uh, check out the article in the Chicago Sun-Times called Pioneering Chicago Bowling Alley Owner Johnny E. Hill. You will find everything about him and who he was in that obituary statement and article that was written about my father when he passed in August of 2015. So as you are carrying on the torch uh, from your your parents, what, what are some of the, the trials or difficulties you find being a female minority business owner? I would say one of the first uh, things that I had to learn even coming into the business is a, a lot of the customers or bowlers uh, um, found it difficult to deal with me. And that was because I always was protective of my parents. But one thing I did learn from my dad is you have to learn to be humble. And I would say uh, over the time that he's taught me all that he has taught me, I have learned to humble myself in this business, which makes it, you know, the customer satisfaction is, is tripled when you have an owner or proprietor as we are as involved. We're hands-on business owners because that was the type of business that my parents ran. And so that humbling uh, has taken me a long way and it has made the, um, the journey a lot more easier to manage. But being a, a minority and young at the age that I took over uh, the business, I mean, you talk about somebody in there before the age of 60, I was early 50s. Um, so, you you know, you, I had to work through a lot of, uh, a lot of strain. You know, you talk about jealousy. You talk about our own ethnic group of not wanting to help and work with each other. That, that That's another wall that you have to climb. Um, you know, going to the bank and, and, and the stability of the business. I run a lean, mean, effective operation when it comes to financing. So a lot of that, I kind of piggybacked off of my father's reputation that he left prior to his uh, passing and going on to the heavenly gates. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the issues you faced in the business? You talked about, you know, being a black business owner and your own ethnicity, not wanting to pull together to help you out. It's almost as if they're working against you in a sense. Can you tell us a, little, a few of your experiences since you've taken over here about some of the conflicts you've had here at Skyway Bowl with some of the other bowlers who happen to also be black as well? Uh, some of the conflicts would steer with the fact that people want to come into your house. This will be called bowling facilities. This is my house. And I'm not the one that kind of taunts that I'm an, a business owner. Uh, people want to do what they want to do in your place. When you work and spend your hard-earned money and invest in your place, you can't come in here doing what you want to do. And people find it hard to understand that. Uh, uh, what you may do at home, you can't do here. You know, we, we run a clean facility, and some people don't like that. So you can't come here and put your feet up on your feet up in our chairs Red back in our chairs, treated like a rocking chair. It's not a rocking chair. And just basically tear down the facility when my parents have worked hard and they spent their personal dollar here. I, I take that to heart. And I, and I didn't take that very easily. I would just basically lash out at people. Just, it was just, it was an anger. So I had to find a way to say, you know, tone it down and say, no, this is not what, what we do here. And, you know, over time, the customers began to appreciate that. 
I mean, there were a lot, lot of more bowlers and customers that were in my corner than I thought. Because people would come up to me and say, "Brunetta, it's it's okay. Just 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 back up a minute." And as my as they would say, "Back up and smell the coffee, see the light." As my father would always say, um, you know, uh, uh, the trees can be taller, but you gotta you gotta be able to look above those trees. So it's it's, it's your tone. You gotta just be able to back up and just kind of consume. So over time, shorter than later. That's where that humbleness came in. And so it was just it was just learning how to operate in the absence of my dad. And 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 it was it was hard. It was hard in the beginning, but at the same token, he my dad I was with my dad every day. So I learned you know gotta know the landscape of your business. And it gets to the point where you tell people, listen, it ain't always about the money, because all money ain't good money. And I I believe in running a safe, fun family business it's got to be safe for everybody not just for me everybody that walks into this facility speaking of uh, speaking of the type of clean environment you like to maintain here at skyway bowl can you tell us a little bit about some of the other rules that you have uh, for the patrons when they visit the facility so some of those rules entail hoodies sagging pants you are what your appearance is when you step into a facility uh, wearing a hoodie uh, creates uh, 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 sneakiness or like you're up to something. So those are rules and regulations that we require in our facility, and it helps keeps us safe. And most of my customers, they love it. You don't wear hoodies in here. You don't wear sagging pants. If you have a hat on your head, you take your hat off. We have a roof. So we you, you got to present yourself. So if you present yourself right, then that's less trouble. We also uh, stagger our hours. We don't stay here all night. We don't stay here all night. And since COVID has come around, we really don't stay here all night. So we, we make sure that our hours are conducive to our seniors and, and, and our customers uh, uh, so that we can get in and get out. And that's uh, uh, cleaning, off, cleaning up the tables, cleaning up behind yourself. We don't allow you to bring in outside food because we have an eatery, a restaurant within the facility. Uh, we do have a liquor license, and there's certain uh, behaviors and procedures that go along with holding that license. It's a pride to have that license. It ain't easy to get, but it's easy to lose. So we we have to maintain. We make sure our customers understand. It's it's helping them understand uh, uh, what goes on behind holding a license and the rules and the procedures that you must adapt while being in business. It's not about uh, getting ready. It's what you call getting ready to be ready. And that's what we practice here in the facility. Earlier, you spoke about the legacy that your family has in the community. Can you tell us what you have done to sort of uphold that legacy? Do you guys maintain uh, an active presence in the community? And if so, what are some of the uh, ventures you do in the community to help the surrounding community? One of the things that I have started here since my parents have uh, bought this, uh, invested in this facility that we've always done in the community is we do an annual toy drive. We would collect toys uh, uh, for our needy families. Uh, we've supported uh, some of the schools, uh, uh, Chicago Public Schools, where we've donated those toys to. Uh, we did. I remember one year we donated toys to the Pilsen uh, neighborhood. This past year we just donated to toys to the Village of Polson. Uh, the Diet School was one of them. And uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, we donated toys there. So every year we have had a toy drive since 2009. Uh, one year, a couple of years, we had a school, uh, back to school drive where we provided backpacks 
I mean, cloth backpacks filled with school supplies for our uh, neighboring, our community members in the neighboring schools in the area. Um, we've also done some Thanksgiving uh, uh, food, food baskets, food drives. We partner with, uh, it's a new uh, community group called the New Generations. Uh, this year we had about, we had several events where we did COVID shots. We did uh, turkey baskets and um, just just uh, uh, school supplies that we provided uh, uh, to the bowlers and the community members. So these are things we get out and we, we become active. We, we are part of the 10th Ward uh, where our older woman, uh, Susan Galadowski, uh, I work a lot with her office in, in putting together uh, some of these uh, events for the community. So we're very community driven. We're very community driven. Speaking of COVID shots, I see that you have a tent set up in the parking lot. Is that like a drive-through COVID? Yes, that is a, a one of my um, a vendors uh, sequestered me about setting up a tent in the parking lot. It's going to be a drive-through COVID testing site. Uh, the weather has been kind of cold for the past week, so it's kind of breaking now. So hopefully that uh, site, uh, this drive-through will open up over the next week or so. Oh, yeah, the, that would help a lot of the uh, in time community for the spring, in time for the uh, spring with uh, COVID taking all these variances and different avenues of affecting the community. What are your what are your future plans for the business? Like, where, where do you go now? What, what do you want to well, do now with the business? What I want to do now with the business, since COVID has hit, we've lost quite a bit of revenue. I say quite a bit, quite a bit. So right now we're in the rebuilding stage and um, the state has provided several grants and uh, certain business finances that uh, local businesses or small businesses can can take advantage of because at the end of the day, when you look at the financial structure of our country, uh, it's built on the small businesses and that's what we are. And in order for us to stay afloat, we, since COVID has uh, taken over, it has slashed 50% or more a loss of revenue in the business. So what one of my goals is my facility needs an extreme overhaul. And what I mean by overhaul, update. Uh, so if I am successful in receiving uh, some of those fundings, I plan to update uh, the facility to bring it into more of a technology 21st century um, environment. And uh, I'm looking for that. In doing that, I know that uh, and being the only uh, facility in the southeast side of the city of Chicago, I, I know that people would, would come. I mean, they're, not, they're, they're coming now. But I know even more, it'll be more of an attraction. So I want I want the facility to be more of an up-to-date when you're talking about 21st century, uh, not where you can, you know, just have a better enjoyment out of it. I want to I want to rebuild it. So I think that by doing that and being able to hopefully uh, take advantage of some of the grants, I have a grant writer that's working on uh, those uh, 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 programs for me and once those are awarded, I, I think the sky is the limit for Skyway Bowl. Okay, okay, okay. I noticed today when I walked in, you guys were having some sort of uh, tournament or the high schools are practicing for an upcoming tournament. Can you tell us a little bit about what that tournament is and you know what, what that means to be able to host that, you know, as uh, the only USBC certified black owned bowling alley in the country? 
it's it, 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 it's a it's a it's a pride to host those tournaments. We are also known Scarborough Bowl is known as the Chicago Public Schools CPS hub for the high schools uh, bowling uh, program. Uh, the bowling program consists of thousands, thousands, millions of dollars of scholarships for students. So today uh, they were practicing for the regional uh, state tournament that will be held here on Saturday, uh, January 15th, 2022. This, not, this will not be my first rodeo at doing this because we've done this for the past seven years. But um, there's several schools across the city of Chicago that come in and compete uh, in this tournament. Uh, on Saturday and we have uh, students and schools from all ethnicities that come into the facility and it, it's a pride and joy because those ethnicities they really appreciate this facility it's, we call it more of an old school happy day uh, facility and they just they enjoy coming here because of the service and the warmthness and the family environment that we offer to them when they come so yeah I look forward to uh, doing that every year it's 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 and it's it's very because when they mention that they're coming to skyway bowl everybody wants to come here and, and i'm and i'm happy to see them come so they today they were practicing uh all week the high schools from all over the city have been coming in practicing for saturday it made the best school win okay uh king i it seems like there was some interesting news going on uh the, over the past couple of days in the, in the bowling world can you tell us a little bit about what happened recently at burr oaks and do you think that maybe that incident might you know allow for you to gain some traction uh from their bowling for their from their league population over into your 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 bowling facility well i'm 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 i'm, I'm not gonna i'm gonna say yes and no uh, to that and it's unfortunate that that incident took place uh, I understand that there was a, a shooting uh, at the facility and um, the shooter was an off-duty um, police officer was he a probation, probation officer probation or something like that officer uh, he was uh, overserved uh, in the capacity of alcohol serving too much alcohol right alcohol and uh, I guess he got in some type of squabble or dispute with a couple of the open bowlers in the facility. And there were shots fired. Uh, three victims got shot. They were not life-threatening uh, injuries, but the, the fact remains is this. When you are managing not just a bowling facility, but any business as a proprietor, you need to know your center. You need to know your employees. You need to know your customers. And without having those particular protocols in place, that's why we have what we have. Because you open when, yourself up to instances such as that. Correct. And you, that's why you guys are very intolerant of a lot of the bad behavior because you're trying to protect yourself. Correct. So when you, when you, when you allow certain behaviors in your facility, uh, then this is the outcome or the result of those behaviors. Now, yeah, we need people to come bowl here. Don't get me wrong. But there's some behaviors I don't want here. And then now it's to the point where some, some facilities, not only just what happened at Burr Oak, but other facilities in the south suburbs, uh, where they have just been taken over by uh, the negativity of the behaviors of the community uh, uh, residents, you know. And that, without that being said, a lot of those behaviors, uh, the proprietors put that on their employees to handle. And we don't do that here at Skyway Bowl. We're here. We know our business. We know our customers. And when there are behaviors that take place like that, 
we have a relationship that we've built with our fourth district chicago police district so when we call they come and and that's why i said if you have the no hoodie rule the no sagging pants so people know when they come in the door that they they can't come in here like that we ask them to remove it if you can't remove it then we politely ask them to leave so it's not what you do it's how you do what you do in order to maintain the safety of your facility and the people in it yes i i i don't go around trying to steal business from any other proprietor within uh, uh the bowling facility because people gonna go where they want to go but at the end of the day some of those behaviors that they may tolerate at those other facilities skyway bowl does not will not tolerate so they know not to come here with that and that's how we keep a safe family oriented uh facility okay 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 and some of those facilities let me let me just kind of hit on this when you talk about security and armed guards and police officers uh, standing out in front of your door like they have at the schools. I feel this is my opinion on that. Uh, if I need to go to a facility where I come in, I got to be greeted by a security guard, armed guards, police officers, then you know me, myself, I don't need to be there. So we, d I thank God, uh, I think because of the effectiveness and the efficiency of how we run uh, the procedures and processes and our hands-on involvement in the business that's why we stay safe we stay safe okay 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 can you tell us a little bit about the the business side of you know league bowling and how, how league bowling works how people join leagues and just kind of how how that runs in, in the house you know you got the pop bowlers and you got uh just give us a little bit of explanation about bowling in general well, bowling is, the economic is, is, side of it, the business economic, side. The, the bowling is, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a great sport, okay? And um, competitive league bowling is one of the main sources of revenue in being uh, in this type of business. Um, without that... Can you uh, explain to the viewers, like, exactly what is a bowling league? Is that a bowling league is a sport whereby someone or league comes together brings a puts a group together it can be police officers it can be a teachers we have a lot of teachers that could be seniors just be a it random group of people just be a random group of people and basically what bowling leagues do uh, depending on the number of weeks that they bowl most leagues run 35 32 weeks a real bowling league does not exist under 35 weeks it can exist but if you want to call a real bowling league it's 35 weeks so with that league it can be just a random group of people it creates a social uh, uh communication network amongst people and it can come from workers seniors where people come on a, people like come out a day during the week for 35 weeks and they bowl right. a series of games correct they bowl a series of games there's placements there's payouts uh, there's a little fun and some gambling that goes on and, and that's because people are competing against one another. So uh, it, it, it's a fun, it's a social activity and a camaraderie and they, they see each other that same day, that one day during the week, same time for 35 weeks. And people become connected. You may meet your future wife in the past. People have met their future wife. Uh, or husbands in the bowling alley. That's just was the nature of that beast. So it was in over time, you, even if you're not related, you become family within the facility and the people that you bowl with. It's, it's, it's a great outing for our veterans, 
our seniors, gives them something to do. Um, so that's how the bowling leagues have come about. They, you know, they can uh, stem from uh, different, uh, um, um, what am I trying to say? Um, uh, employment. Uh, 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 trades. Trades. Because you could have, you or know, fields, you have, different, or employment different, fields. different employment like the fields. Police officers Correct. may have a police league. Officers the firefighters may have, may have a league. Firefighters have a league. You have the beauticians may have a league. So it creates all forms of networking and challenges and camaraderie, and camaraderie amongst mm. the community and the people that join those leagues. Okay, well, uh, well, Miss Cor- Miss Hill Corley, is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience before we sign off? Uh, I would like to say thank you for viewing uh, this. Uh, podcast or um, series here. I hope that you learned something from it. And at the end of the day, just be thankful, be prayerful, and be focused. Find out what's going to make you make it through this life. Uh, uh, and, and be steadfast at it. Be stern. Uh, be prepared. And as they say, don't get ready. Be ready. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Brudetta Hill Corley, one of the owner-operators of Skyway Bowl here on the south side of Chicago. Be sure to stop by if you're ever in town. Signing off.